Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, I'm so happy to be joining you again this week. We are mixing it up, if you didn't gather that from the title. So I'm going to be doing a solo episode today, which is a little different these days. And lately we've been exploring lots of intermediate and advanced and specialty Etsy topics here on the podcast, and it's been a blast. I've been learning a bunch along with you, which is so fun. And don't get me wrong, there's lots more of that to come. But I thought this week I'd slow it down a bit because we have a lot of newer friends joining us um, or people who've been searching far and wide for some reliable first steps to Etsy. So today we're going to get back to the basics of how to start an Etsy shop. And I wouldn't be completely shocked if even some of our seasoned or veteran Etsy sellers hear something new or at least get reminded of something that will help them where they're at. So I know that happens to me all the time. I'll, I'll sometimes hesitate to listen to a podcast episode for, for a podcaster I love. If it sounds like kind of elementary, but a lot of times I'll feel this little like a nudge, you know, maybe you should just refresh on that. And, um, I always end up learning something. So I hope this is beneficial to you. And for everyone new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm hoping this is going to be packed with information just kind of soothe your transition into the Etsy world. And so let's dive in. This is going to be exactly what I would like one-on-one coach you to do or what I would personally do to start a brand new Etsy shop. So Number one, the first thing you need to do, period, the end, is research. This is the first thing before you decide 100% on a product, before you pick a shop name or do any other business planning is research. Now, if you did some of that, like, don't worry, we can probably work around it. But I really want to get your eye on the prize here of a research segment before you really start getting launched in your Etsy shop. So doing a lot of research upfront is going to help you achieve success a lot faster and hopefully save you from a lot of headaches. Like that's my goal. Let's save you from the headaches, right? So all you need for this research is Etsy.com. Yay. And then possibly you'll want to get a sale samurai membership which comes with a free trial and it's currently just $8 a month if you use my link and discount code. But we'll talk about that more in a bit and I'll, I'll tell you why you might want that and give you like some really concrete um, ideas of, of what that can really help with and why I kind of recommend it if, if, you, if you have the budget for it and you feel like spending an $8 a month kind of a thing. So what you want to do first Um, with your research is to open an incognito window or private browsing tab in your internet browser. I really recommend you do this on a computer if you can. It's going to make it a lot easier for you um, also to be able to kind of document your research as you go. But what the incognito window is going to do is help you search on Etsy without any of your past searches or browsing history influencing 
the results Etsy shows you. Like we want raw, raw data. So every browser is going to be a bit different. But if you just go to Google and you type how to open an incognito window, you'll be able to find quick and super easy instructions for how to how to use like private browsing or an incognito window for your particular situation. I promise it's easy. And guys, you have to get used to looking for answers like this on Google and YouTube, okay? It's gonna be critical to your success in business that you develop the skill of finding answers. And the good news is they are always out there. Like we've always got Google to just, <laughs> this is how I have learned basically everything I know. Like after my history degree, which PS I don't use other than it taught me how to research, so that's good. But literally like Google will tell you what you need majority of the time, or it'll, it'll lead you to something that can. So, just a little background here on like the need for private browsing. So every website, app, social media platform that we use is constantly collecting information about us. Okay. That's why if you, has this ever happened to you? It kind of, it, I don't know. If you have a conversation with a friend about a pair of shoes, you'll start seeing ads from that brand on your phone for the next few days. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Like if you ask me, but they all do it. So if you've ever been on Etsy before, it remembers what you searched, like what you clicked on, what you even hovered over for a while, like all of it. And rather than showing you what the standard algorithm would kick out in a search, like while you're doing this research, it's going to just show you what it thinks you want to see based on information it previously collected from you. So yeah, that's great when you think about shoppers who've looked at your stuff before, because then Etsy's going to serve them with your listings again, giving you a higher chance of a sale. But when you're trying to do some unbiased research about current trends, you don't want your search history influencing the search results. So if all of that went over your head, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Seriously. If you have to just go to Etsy.com and you need to drop the, the incognito window, it's not the end of the world. And if you can use an incognito browser, great, do it. I think you're going to get like slightly better results if you do. So your browser is open. Now type Etsy.com. <laughs> and our research will begin. So the main goal of this phase of research is either to help you decide what product to sell or establish that the product you want to sell will actually sell on Etsy. This has been really interesting um, and not what I expected in my coaching business, but I've had a number of coaching clients recently who have beautiful shops. They've like taken my course. They like know what they're doing. So they come to me and they're like, their shops are gorgeous. Their keywords are great. They've done everything right but they're not getting views or sales. And we start digging into the research together. And it turns out that shoppers are just simply not searching for their product on Etsy. Like it's just simply the product they picked and there's no market for it. And if that's the case for your product, we want to learn that up front if we can. Like that is just a piece of research you want to do before you get started. So let's start with um, those of you who have no idea what you want to sell yet. There's a few different components to consider. Okay. So first, you need to consider like, what can you add? What do you have the skill to create or learn to create at a very high quality? I think that's really important on Etsy. So what can you do? The second thing is, is that product currently selling on Etsy? And this can be as simple as like, it's um, April right now. You're probably not going to make a killing selling Christmas ornaments. You could have maybe done well with Easter ornaments. You know what I'm saying? Like paying attention to the trends, but also just like what's gone out of style, you know, um, Many, many years ago, when I first started my Etsy shop, farmhouse signs were huge because thank you, Joanna Gaines. Thank you, Magnolia and the Fixer Upper Show on HGTV. They were all the rage. But now that has slowed down a bit. That's why my shop is on vacation mode. I'm going to be doing um, a pivot. 
because the, and it's just a normal thing that happens. So things change. And then sometimes Etsy is just not the place that people go to buy it. So you need to find out is that, is that product that you're able to create at a high quality actually selling right now on Etsy. And then the third thing is based on the competition's pricing, can you make a profit selling that item? Um, I think that's really important, right? Because sometimes you can do it, but the way that you would have to source your materials, the way that you'd have to go about doing it, it, it really wouldn't be worth it profit-wise for you in the end, especially when you start thinking about like doing this more than just one weekend a month kind of thing. It kind of depends on your goals, right? So now if you have zero ideas about a product, let Etsy guide you. Immediately below the Etsy search bar, there's going to be a horizontal list of the most common categories on Etsy. It changes a bit throughout the year, of course, but like right now you'll see phrases like Mother's Day gifts, jewelry and accessories, clothing and shoes, home and living, and then several others There's a list all right under that search bar. And you can be sure that those are all safe categories to pick a product in. Um, and then you can and should get even more niche down ideas by like looking at the first page or two of the listing results when you when you click on that um, on that category. So dig in there, find out, <laughs> look for look for products that have lots of best selling listings. Um, what products show that like bunches of, of shoppers have like put the listings in their cart. That's a really good indication that that's like selling now. What products have um, have shops that have tons of sales and reviews. Like these are the keys to really solid ideas for your shop. Now, if you already have a product in mind, I want you to type with the, you know, whatever keywords you can think of to describe that product, type it in the search bar and check the results. Keep in mind that the phrase that you would use to describe a product may not be the same phrase that the rest of the market uses. And this 100% happened to me. Sometimes I feel like I live on a different universe. My brain works a little differently. When I started my reclaimed wood sign shop back in 2016, I thought the keyword phrase like reclaimed wood was going to be gold because people were super environmentally conscious and everyone loved this weathered look and yada, yada, yada. But it turned out that no one really searched that phrase back then. Um, and I quickly learned that if I use the phrase say, to describe my product farmhouse sign or weathered wood sign, I got a lot more search. There were like way more searches for that. So it just takes a little research, a little a little testing and, and tweaking and looking around. So typically the phrase that you start with. So when I did start with reclaim wood, um, the phrase you start with will lead you to the better phrases. If you study the listings that come up or test a few different phrases to describe your product. And that's exactly what happened for me. And I was able to identify, oh my gosh, I am wasting character space using reclaimed wood. No one is searching for it now cool thing though, once they got to my product, they were ecstatic to find out it was reclaimed wood. They just weren't using it as a search term. So they cared about it, but they weren't searching for it. Just a little, little side tip there. So here's what you're looking for. You want to first make sure that there are best sellers that already exist for the product that you want to make. Make sure that you can compete with them on quality, photography, and pricing. That's really, uh, really key. And I want you to research the heck out of those top competitors. Research everything that they do. Now, don't you dare copy them or we can't be friends anymore, okay? Like we keep it high integrity over here. But just like any artist who's inspired by what already exists around them, use those best sellers, those top competitors to learn how to set up your shop. Learn so as much as you can from them. What FAQs will your, you know, your customers might end up having? What pictures you should take? What your photo gallery needs to have in it? What the pricing and turnaround time should be? 
get inspired by them and learn from them. And you're going to use this skill regularly in your shop as you add new products and pivot and grow. Like it's a critical skill to master. So use the data that's already there. Um, and if you want to see exactly how I do this, how I do niche and product research, it's like my, it's like my specialty, right? My like secret sauce. So you guys, if you want to see it seriously, get my Etsy course. It's only $97 right now. And I, I do say this humbly, like I don't like to, to like brag, but I should charge a lot more for it because I share every secret and strategy I have got in this course. I really like to be like a don't hold anything back kind of person. Like I just believe that when you like sow good seed, you're going to reap a good harvest. And so I'm all about like, just like, let, like, just just give it all, tell them everything. I'm not, I'm not holding anything back. So, um, learning from that course could literally make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, just like it has for me. There's no reason it can't. I'm going to hold your hand through exactly how to research to create a powerhouse Etsy shop. Cause I research is the key. It's like the, the, the foundation of what makes this work. So every student I have met with so far, cause I do some coaching and I love it when I get to coach with people who've gone through the course and they're just like, I just need to nerd out with you a little more on this Lizzie. And it's the best. So, so far every student I've met with that's completed the course, they've gotten their listing showing up on the first two pages of the search results in their niche, which is utterly bananas. So, um, consider it if it, you know, if that works for you, I have tons of free content on purpose, but if you want to see how I research, since I can't show you on the podcast, I would be honored to have you in the course. Genuinely. Um, the course is called Etsy listings that sell and it is linked in the show notes. So you can find it super easily. Bottom line, whether you go that route, another course for a specific niche, you know, a print on demand course or a printables course or a templates course, whatever it is, learn how to use Etsy as a research machine. Okay. And it will always show you. It'll all get, always give you the answers you need. It'll show you what to test, try and tweak. And you will use this same skill over and over again in business, even, even when you move on from Etsy. So it's priceless. Also, I want to talk here real quick about that tool sales samurai that I mentioned earlier. Let's chat about that for a few minutes. So you don't have to have it. In fact, when I got started, um, I did not have it because it's a newer tool. So but I now, with my coaching clients, I use it daily. Um, and I, I really recommend it because I think, I think first of all, it can save you a lot of time, which for a lot of us is really, is really critical. And then the other thing is it can give you information that there's just, there's no way to get just doing that research right there raw on the Etsy platform. So you need a tool like this to get this kind of research. So if you're a visual person like me, I created a short YouTube tutorial showing you behind the scenes of exactly like how this tool works. So before you go grab a membership, if you decide to feel free to check out that video, little videos like that helped me so much. Cause I don't, I don't have the time to go figure out how to use a tool myself. Right. If I can, if I can find a cute little hack video tutorial. So I will link that YouTube video right in the show notes for you, along with a link to sale samurai's website. And if you are a maverick and you love to figure stuff like this out yourself, I have mad respect for you. I actually really admire that quality. And if you'd like, you can just, when you get a membership, you can use my coupon code. It's how to sell your stuff, no spaces and all lowercase, how to sell your stuff, like one big long word, and you'll get 20% off for the lifetime of your membership. So I hope that helps you out. If you want to go just totally raw, <laughs> explore the, explore the tool on your own. Um, so what's going to happen is sales samurai will integrate with your Google Chrome. I promise it's easy. I promise it's easy. Those of you who are like, Oh, integration, that word is triggering. I promise it's easy. Um, or you don't even have to do that. You can use it freestanding. And when you type 
any keyword into the Etsy search bar, this magical tool is going to literally tell you how many times per month that keyword phrase is searched by shoppers. That is golden information. We need to know how often people are even looking for our product. It's also going to give you hundreds of other terms that they use to describe that same thing. So you can get so many ideas. Remember before when I was using Reclaim Wood and I shouldn't have been? This would have given me all those other phrases. It would have said weathered wood. It would have said farmhouse, you know, all of that stuff. It'll give you those other phrases. Um, and it's going to tell you how much competition there is, which is also critical. You want to know if, it, you know, if there's only 10 searches for your thing a month and there's a hundred thousand competitors, it, like you don't know, you don't stand a chance in that niche. Like, you know, you, you don't want those numbers to be so crazy. So you simply cannot get such powerful information another way. And this is the tool that you'll you also, you're going to use it again and again and again in your shop. It's, it's something that now like monthly um, for my own shop, but daily for my, for my clients, it tells us so much and it helps us just like cut to the chase, right? Like let's cut through the CRAP and just get to the bottom line. So, um, okay. I know that already, I wanted to say this. I know that already got a little bit technical without watching me do it. So if you like, check out that YouTube video that I created. It'll show you exactly how it works and how I use it. I think that'll be helpful. And one heads up because when you do use Sales Samurai in the Google Chrome, it's it will not work with your incognito browser. So just be prepared. You're going to have to like flip back and forth a little bit, but I mean, I, I do that all the time. So you'll go back and forth between a normal browser, depending on like what you're trying to achieve. What I do I usually use the normal browser with the Sales Samurai extension to figure out like the data and which keywords to research. And then once I have those figured out, then I go over to the incognito window to see and, and, and then search those terms that I found. And that'll then and then I'm going to study the listings that come up for those terms. So I just kind of use them a little differently. OK, the point here is. Make sure the product you're considering has a, a market on Etsy right now. I don't want you to waste time um, and, and capacity and energy. It helps so much to know how often people are searching for something, what the competition is like. Like information like that can really help you help guide you um, well in those early days. Okay, research chapter over. Number two, setting up your business. So my friends, in this segment, we're going to talk about what you need to do to set up your business. Um, set it up, pick a shop name, take steps to keep your shop out of legal trouble. Hopefully some of this will help prevent your new shop from getting suspended, I'm really hoping, which is um, more common these days with tons of new sellers joining the Etsy platform. So first things first, I'm so sorry, but I can only speak for the United States on this. So I genuinely apologize to my friends in other countries. I love you. I just don't have the brain space to memorize and remember all the rules for the different countries. Um, but if you search on Etsy, I find that their help guide and their forums generally can give you answers to this kind of stuff. Um, not so much on the strategy, like the research and, and the other stuff we're going to talk about, but for this kind of thing, like how to set it up. The other thing is I want to tell you guys, um, because I want to protect you and me, but this podcast and the information in it should definitely do not interpret it as legal advice. This is just for general educational purposes. So use it as a reference, but don't assume it covers all your bases. Okay. Cause I, I don't know every single corner of it. And I love helping y'all from my experience, my client's experiences, but it's always best to get a professional's opinion. Um, especially since every town, state, county, country has different rules. So here's some basics to start kind of building around. Um, to start an Etsy shop in the United States, all Etsy requires is a social security number. Okay, you, 
you can set it up as a sole proprietor. I get this question, especially on TikTok all the time. Etsy does not require that you register your business, but your state or county or city may require it for tax purposes. This is where you need to consult an expert or pull out your trusty google.com and search something like, do I need to register my business in San Antonio, Texas? That's just where I am. So insert your own city and state and find out what's required. And you'll be able to find like the local rules and that'll be safer for you. So <laughs> I, know, I know that for many of us creative people, searches like this are the bane of our existence. <laughs> it's just painful, but the consequences could be really bad if you don't cover your bases. So I do just like put on some music that makes you happy like sit somewhere comfy, pour your favorite drink and have a Google research party and it'll be okay. Um, but I just want you to be protected. And then another question I often get, uh, again, usually on TikTok is, well, sometimes emails, do I need to register my Etsy shop as an LLC? So again, Etsy does not require it. But last week I had creative entrepreneur attorney Paige Hulse on the podcast, and she strongly recommended filing an LLC as soon as you start earning money from your shop. Um, I'm going to link that episode in the show notes for you. It was episode number 36. And I will say, uh, I'm the first person to shy away from drier topics like that. Okay. Like, again, my favorite podcasters will have episodes about like law or accounting or taxes or terms and conditions, anything like that. And my brain hurts like just reading the title, like I almost always want to skip them. <laughs> but I was, I will say I was genuinely surprised by some of um, what Paige taught us last week. Like I, I wish I'd taken it more seriously earlier in my business. Like I'm very lucky that I didn't um, have any problems. And so on top of that, this was, this was so cool. I, I wanted you to know this. Uh, I actually heard from more of you thanking me for the insight in that legal episode than any other episode I've ever done before. I, I was shocked. So it's safe to say it's good stuff. You may want to may wanna check that one out um, if you want to hear more about the LLC. So again, as someone who delegates to my husband anything super detailed like taxes and law, Paige, in fairness, she broke it down so simply. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I could totally understand what she recommends and why. And I know that you will too. Like I think it helps that she was also an Etsy seller at one point. Like She just gets us. So Check out that episode to get your more of your LLC and other legal questions answered. She's going to do a better job than I could, so I won't review that. The next topic I want to touch on, though, is trademarks. Um, as you decide on your shop name and the products you're going to sell, you need to be aware of this because new shops are getting shut down by Etsy like daily for trademark and copyright violations. When I was first on the Etsy playground, it was very common. And I mean, I think some of these shops still haven't gotten shut down for people to like literally have Disney characters for sale, which is completely illegal. Like that's a complete trademark infringement um, or like other things like that. But you can't get away with it anymore as a new shop. They flag you so fast. Again, Paige covered this from a legal standpoint on our last episode, number 36, if you want to hear her perspective. And I don't want to suggest for a second that I what I'm saying here is everything you need to know. I, I can guarantee you it's not. But you can just get shut down really fast these days um, or in legal trouble. If your shop name, listen to this, if you're multitasking, come back to me. You can get in tr legal trouble if your shop name, your listing titles, or your products contain trademarked words or phrases. Um, if it use actually if it uses trademarked words, phrases, likenesses, graphics, and more. So for example, I should give you a few of these. I was personally so surprised to hear that things like 
like they, they're everyday phrases to me, like um, happy camper and mama bear and love over fear, these common phrases, or like a simple smiley face, like the iconic smiley face. They're all trademarked. You can't use them without getting into trouble. So be careful, 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 careful. And also something that, uh, okay, yeah, important, important. Something that isn't trademarked today, like when you create it, could be trademarked later um, and you can get in trouble even though you created it first, like unless you trademark it yourself. So part of your ongoing shop management will need to include checking them for updates periodically if you're, if you're not going to trademark it yourself. So your best bet is to come up with something totally original, although still make sure it's not trademarked, like randomly you still should. But if you're going to do, if you're going like the print on demand or the digital product route, do your research. Those are the ones that seem to get nailed the fastest. Like after someone who's selling an obvious pop culture trademark, like the Winnie the Pooh picture or a Harry Potter t-shirt, like you're, that's just going to get you in trouble so fast. So, okay. I don't want to discourage you guys though. This, this, I know this is a little heavy. This is totally doable. Okay. You can do this. It's just not the wild, wild west that it used to be. And, and you have to know these things. I just want to protect y'all. I um, want you thinking about these things up front when you're talking, when you're like looking at starting your shop. So a simple way to start learning what is and isn't trademarked is to search on uspto.gov. It's where all trademarks are registered. I have a little YouTube video that will show you like a quick tutorial of how to use that site for trademark search. So hopefully that's helpful to you. And I'm going to link that along with that site URL in the show notes for you. So you can, um, you can do that research. Okay. So let's end this segment on a gentler note, shall we? <laughs> Let's talk about choosing your shop name. So I know this can feel kind of intimidating. I hear from you guys a lot about this. And if you're inclined to overanalyze, like this is absolutely where it's going to happen, like picking that shop name. So apart from checking to make sure that your name or part of it isn't trademarked, the good news is your name doesn't really matter. If you know, no, 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 you're going to be totally devoted to a particular niche, then it's great if you can get a relevant keyword from it in your shop title. Um, but, or name, your shop name, but I personally like to keep my options open um, for future projects. So unless you were like 100% certain you will forever be in that niche, I wouldn't lock yourself in. And it's just not that important. I think the best advice for a shop name is um, to make it as memorable as you can. So um, something that it's easy for a shopper to remember, but also to be able to spell if they want to find you again, because a lot of times that's if they haven't purchased from you and they can't just like go to their orders and find your shop there, like they have to remember how to type your shop name. So that one's pretty painless. <laughs> just keep it as simple as you can. And don't let analysis paralysis keep you from moving forward, like pick a name and move on. And like last time I checked, you can actually change it at least once with Etsy anyway. So that's encouraging. I hope they continue to do that. Number three, step number three, prepare for launch. So now that you have your research done and you know what you're going to sell, you know it's currently selling well on Etsy and you can compete in that space, it is time to create your first products. Okay, so the next steps are going to kind of depend on what niche you're in, but ultimately it's going to be, you know, one, create and perfect your product. Two, take great photos or create gorgeous mock-ups if it's digital or print-on-demand. Three, Decide on your initial packaging and be ready to ship and deliver your product. Four, create your Etsy listings. If you're in the physical product space, you can get away with maybe 10 listings to, or 10 products listings to start. However, your goal should always be to regularly add more listings if you want to make a consistent, solid income on Etsy. 
When I'm coaching a client with physical products, I usually tell them to keep adding listings until they have at least 100 or they're happy with how many sales they're getting each month. Like if you're still not happy with the number you're getting, you need to add more listings. For print on demand and digital products, I encourage my clients to keep regularly adding listings until they have thousands, like, or again, enough sales to make them happy. In those spaces, you typically need more to get, you know, you're, you're getting a smaller chunk, right? How much is a principal sell for? Like, what is your, you know, um, profit on a, on a, on a t-shirt? You, you want to keep adding listings. Keep in mind, you can have several listings per product. This is the good news. I usually have at least five different listings for the exact same product. And I would switch out thumbnail photos. I would try different keywords on each one, you know, just tweaking something to make it a little different. And then I could test them and see which one works the best. No matter what your niche is, um, no matter what kind of product you're selling, the Etsy algorithm will be in your favor if you regularly add new listings. It's just like social media. If you want your account to grow, you have to post consistently. It's going to boost your visibility. And pro tip here, batch your work, you guys. This is <laughs> this was so key. I, I was able to go so much faster when I figured this out. If you do your work in just one-offs, it will slow you down. It is so much better to do any part of your process in a batch. So create a bunch of listings at once, but like do them in, you just keep them in your drafts. So you're not going to like list them all. You're going to save them for like the, the next several weeks, but then a couple times per week or whatever interval you decide on, you can put a few of those listings that are in your drafts and make them live. It's a great tool. I will also say here, because um, it's a great idea to use uh, drafts for your listings from the get-go anyway, because um, I found out one of the reasons that, that I've been hearing like of new shops getting shut down or suspended or dinged, like they'll get like a warning. Um, sometimes they won't though. Sometimes they just get shut down. It's because they've listed too many products live at once and Etsy interpreted it as spammy behavior. So keep it under maybe five at a, five at a time or per day. Um, test that until you're really established. You've got a bunch of sales. So, so far that has seemed like a safe number to not trigger Etsy's bots. And I will let you know if I hear otherwise. And if that's all you've done, let me know because I want to be able to, you know, give the best, like most up-to-date information I can. Um, I think five a day is safe for now. I can't promise that, but that's kind of what I've noticed. A few other pointers as you prepare for launch is to make your shop as clean and professional looking as you can. I cannot believe how many new shops I see that don't have an about section or a seller picture. Like, so you've got the, you've got, you know, on your profile, there's the left side. So you've got, you'll see your shop title and then you can put a shop tagline, which you should. And then there's going to be where you could put like your logo. But then on the other side, it's trying to show who you are as the seller so often there is not a picture of a, of a smiling face there. Um, so, so have an about section that's complete, use photos everywhere you can have your fit, your beautiful face as the seller picture, and then also have a shop banner at the very top of your shop where you can, you know, you can create something in Canva. You could create a collage of some of your, what you think will be your best selling products. Use that space to create that clean and professional look until you have a, a bunch of sales and reviews. These are the the, these things that I just mentioned are the only way you can create trust with a shopper. They're taking a total risk buying from a shop that's brand new, and you can give them so much confidence with these little branding steps, helping them feel connected to you. Like, okay, a person's going to take care of me. So I think about what it's like 
preparing your home for a party, if you like to entertain. You know, we think through what our guests might need or enjoy while they're visiting. We clean the house and deal with any odors <laughs> that might be pleasant, unpleasant. I have kids and, and pets, so. Um, we make sure that there's a hand towel in the bathroom if they're gonna wash their hands. Maybe we light a candle or put out some fresh flowers. We prepare a meal or maybe some snacks. We consider what they might like to drink. The point is we try to anticipate our guests' needs and you should do the exact same thing in your Etsy shop. If you have no idea what they might need, go back to the research. If you study the best sellers and the shops that have tons of sales, they have already figured this out and it's why they're thriving. So you can learn a ton by looking at how they set things up and what their customers say about them in the reviews. <clears throat> Such a good tip. Number four, last step, launch your shop. <laughs> it's the step we've all been waiting for. And the good news is if you have taken your time to do those other steps right, this should be pretty quick and easy. So at this stage, you should double check that your shipping and turnaround times are set up correctly. The last thing you want to have happen is get a sale and like they were not set up right. Um, first turnaround times, shorter is better, especially for a new shop. So keep that in mind. Um, this would definitely be the time if you're usually going to be a make to order, have as much of it done and ready ahead of time so you can ship quickly. And then also make sure you have a plan for printing your shipping labels. I personally use Etsy shipping, which offers way lower rates than USPS.com um, or going to the post office. However, my clients often rave about pirate ship. They say it has way better rates. I don't have a relationship with them yet, although I hope to soon so I can get more information for you guys. From what I understand, it like integrates right into your Etsy shop and you can um, also use it for other sites like a Shopify store to streamline all of your orders together. So it sounds pretty magical if you ask me, but if that feels like a lot for now, definitely do Etsy shipping because it's going to save you some money and it's right there. But if you have something expensive to ship, it sounds like you really should check out pirate shipping and you'll get better rates. You can use a normal at home uh, laser or inkjet printer to print your labels. I set mine up to do two per page, and then I'll, I order the two per page adhesive shipping labels from Amazon. I can link those for you guys in the show notes because it was a like a so nice to just have those like drop shipped and like land at my door. At first, um, I just used a normal printer paper, oh normal printer paper and like packing tape, you know, and I would tape each label on, but that got old really fast, y'all. Um, packing tape is like surprisingly expensive. You just go through it a lot when you're running an Etsy shop. So I got tired of messing with it for every single box and like every single label. So this uh, is a time, a time saving hack for you is to use those adhesive pages. They're really nice. Also, since I mentioned it, I save a ton of money by ordering an off-brand packaging tape from Amazon. We've tested a ton, right? We used scotch for years because it was just the best and it worked well and it wasn't crummy. And, um, but I'm going to link this for you too. It really helped us. We started saving a ton of money when we found this brand. I personally, like fair, like full transparency, I think it smells bad. You can smell the glue more than on another one. But my husband does the boxing. He usually does it in the garage or on the porch. And he doesn't mind it at all. And um, it's also like, it's slightly lower quality than Scotch brand, but like very small. And it's not frustrating to work with. So sometimes when you get, we've tried like all the cheap stuff, right? Trying to cut, cut costs and things like that here and there because uh, seriously packing tape is is surpri <laughs> it's surprisingly expensive and um you can get really crummy stuff that's cheap and it just tears all over the place and you end up you know wasting your time so it was a bit of a boxing game changer for us so if you're looking to save on your packaging you can it's linked below you can try our off-brand <laughs> tape that we like and then also i've tested some different scales for weighing my packages for shipping and i found one i really like 
It's battery operated. It works for all different size products, which was great for all of our different size signs. And I will link for that for you as well. It served us well. I still have it, use it all the time. So shipping scale in the, in the, in the show notes, if you're looking for a suggestion. And then finally, um, if you know, you'll be in business for a while and you're going to be shipping stuff out, you're going to have that kind of a business. I really recommend that you get a dedicated label printer. It's going to save you so much on ink (laughs) and and also just like printer wear and tear. Um, honestly, it's way more economical than using your home printer for tons of labels. You just have to balance like, how long am I going to be doing this? How much am I going to be printing? But this is also the best choice. If you don't have it at home, like an in-home printer yet, I would just get the label printer. So you buy uh, labels in rolls instead of sheets. It's like super economical. So I will link a good brand of the label rolls and the label printer I like in the show notes for you too. And hopefully these little tips like help you not have to hunt around so much for stuff. Um, That was always frustrating, like trying to read all the reviews and figure out what was good and what wasn't good. It's easier if you just get someone to tell you, here's what I like. Um, And then you can get going, save yourself from headaches. So from here, my friend, you're essentially ready to go. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. You are never going to have all your ducks in a row. I'm sorry. You're never going to feel hundred percent ready. So just do your best to get responsibly prepared, reasonably prepared, and then allow yourself to learn as you go. And it's going to be okay. I, I have never yet met someone who like opened their shop and right away they had so many orders. They didn't know what to do. It's usually kind of gradual because you got to build up in the algorithm anyway. Once your shop is live, let it roll for a few weeks and like watch the stats before you make any changes. It takes time for Etsy to figure out how to index your shop and your listings in the algorithm. After a few weeks, if you're not making sales, go back to research. Compare your listings to the top sellers in your niche. Evaluate why you may not be competing yet. It doesn't mean it won't work. As Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. You're going to have to keep testing and tweaking and trying stuff like the entire time in your business. I still do this. Anytime I introduce something new, it's just very normal. Um, And if you find yourself stuck, you need to consider taking a course or hiring a coach. And it's probably just going to be a few tweaks or like another perspective that you're going to need. And I very much hope that you'll continue along on your journey here with me on the podcast. I'm always looking for new ideas and tools and guests and strategies and stories to help you guys. It's been so much fun and it's been such a variety. And I just love hearing from you guys how you look forward every week to like what's going to drop. So for my brand new listeners today, there's another resource you might enjoy. I have a free PDF download. It's called the four strategies I used to grow my Etsy shop from $25 a month to 6,000 plus a month, which I will link for you in the show notes. And it's going to give you some solid steps to help you with your shop, like once it's launched. So this podcast serves really well for like, you know, getting launched. And then that PDF download is going to give you some steps to help evaluate your shop once you've launched. And then again, if you want to go um, gangbusters on it, grab my course and I'm going to like really show you everything I know and everything I do. Basically what happened is um, where that PDF came from, the first six months of my Etsy shop were super slow. I, I wasn't getting traction. So I did exactly what I'm telling you to do. And I dug into the research and um, that time of studying Etsy and like everyone in my niche all the competitors and the best-selling products, it taught me those four strategies in the download. And it completely changed the game for me, as you can tell, from going from $25 a month to $6,000 plus a month. And after that is when I cracked the code and I started making real money and I was able to sustain it. So it was like super fun to look those aha moments. Like when you see it's finally working, it's so fun and so rewarding. And I really want that for you too. So if that would be helpful, grab that. 
And the very last thing I think I'll go ahead and link for you guys is the resources page on my website. I'm always updating it. It just has like the business books I learned a lot from, the tools and courses that I recommend, some additional shipping tools, stuff like that. I know that like when there's an expert that I really like to listen to um, and train from, like I love to see their resources. I want to see everything they recommend. And I usually, there's a couple of things that I'm like, oh, I've been looking for that. That's going to save me time. So it's just the things that I love using for my business and stuff I'm comfortable recommending to y'all. And that, whew, I feel like I talk so fast. That is all I have for you today, my friends. I talk slower when I have guests, don't I? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get some emails like, no, Lizzie, you're delusional. But that's okay. I hope this was super helpful. No matter where you are on your Etsy journey, I'm just so grateful for the gift of your time spent with me. I know how precious it is. <laughs> I feel the same way and I'm genuinely honored. Um, and I really try to bring you value. You guys mean the world to me. And I'm so here for you and for your success. So until next week, go make something awesome. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.